Music Without the Label. Welcome to Music Without the Label. I'm your host, Daniel J. And this is a podcast series designed to share the lives of those working in the music industry. The goal of this is to inspire independent creatives and help them further their career in music. Now, without further ado, you are listening to Music Without the Label. That's right, guys. You're listening to episode three of Music Without the Label. Today, I have two amazing guests on the podcast. They're from mostly the business world. The one is named Daniel Fregavilla, and the other is named April Hossein. They both work in the same company called Now Creative Group, which is a digital marketing agency based down here in Toronto in the GTA. Daniel is the, is the founder of it. April is the managing director. They have been working on this company for quite some time now, a few years. Daniel has been there for seven years. April has been for the past few years. And they have been branding and working with other businesses left and right. Now, as you know, working in the music industry, you have to treat your music like a brand. You have to treat it like a business, which is why I brought these guys on here today. So we can talk about branding and marketing and the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur in any creative industry. Again, I'm your host, Daniel J. This is Music Without the Label. And let's get straight into it. All right, guys, welcome to Music Without the Label. Here's I'm your host, Daniel J. And today I have Daniel Francovilla and April Hossein. They are from the company Now Creative Group. Would you guys like to give yourselves an introduction? Yes, sure. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm the founder and creative director at Now. I started the agency almost seven years ago this spring. And uh, my background is in design. I'm from Brampton like our host here. And um, yeah, that's about it. Cool. So I'm April and I'm the managing director at our creative group. So I work directly with Daniel and him and I oversee the agency basically. Um, and we've had a lot of fun the past few years. So I'm excited to talk about some of the work that we do. Yeah, so uh, today I wanted to dive straight into branding and how these guys came up with uh, where they are at the point in their careers. So the first thing I have for you guys is um, how did for Daniel, how did you how did you start Now Creative Group, and April, how did you find Now Creative Group, and how did you weave your way through the system? <laughs> All right, so yeah, so I started the agency um, right after I graduated from OCAD. I started freelancing first uh, as a graphic designer, and that led me to doing a little bit more, um, including web design. And I got a lot of requests for other things like social media or um, you know, just general marketing. But my focus was graphic design. So I ended up pulling together a few people, um, collaborators, people that I knew from my network, people from school, people from you know, being part of the RGD Association uh, for Designers. And came up with this group of freelancers and, and decided that um, in order to serve all these needs, we should I should pr- you know put it into a structure and launch an agency. So I came up with the idea of, of now creative group without knowing too too much about how um, you know I would make the agency model work. I knew I wouldn't be able to hire anyone off the bat, um, but I ended up uh, turning it into a reality by registering the business, renting a desk at a co-working space downtown. Having been from Brampton, it was kind of a big step to kind of open myself up to another world out there and um, be where all the creatives are. So from there, I started getting uh, more of my freelance clients just continued on. But then I also started to network 
um, through different events, conferences, uh, associations, and, and get a lot more clients through there. So we ended up offering design, uh, marketing, uh, video production, social media from the very beginning. And now, um, you know, we have continued to expand and obviously we've grown our team. We've changed our model a couple of times, uh, which April can expand on because she's been critical to kind of how that uh, new model has come to be. Cool. So <clears throat> one quick thing, Dan or Shaf, you're editing all of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because there's the doorbell, so we might need to repeat that part. But anyways. Oh, it's fine. It's so, fine. okay. So my story at the agency is quite interesting, but let's start like six years ago when I first... It was my first time ever being exposed to the startup world, to the tech world. And it was my first time ever seeing anything like that in Toronto. At that point, I was growing up in a small town. So when I came to the city and I got to work with this really great startup, um, it was completely new to me. So that startup lasted like a few months. It was right before I was going into university. And I know as soon as I got back into university, I wanted to get back into that startup world immediately. So I started applying to as many positions as I can where I felt like I'd be able to kind of get that same environment that I got to experience at that past startup. Um, and now Creative Group is one of them that I came across. Um, I remember when I went into the interview that first day, I went in with like, you know, a, a good amount of details about what the role was and what the agency does. But I was still like relatively kind of new to the space at that time, despite having worked at that startup. So I remember going into my interview and not thinking a whole lot of it, but coming out of it, I was like, this is definitely where I want to be. So it's, it's funny, you know, comparing that day to now, almost four years. Really, it's something that I, you know, stuck with. But my initial, like, initially finding that creative group came out of, like, you know, a desire to be a part of this really cool space that I got to experience um, when I was doing that internship. And agency was at that point and still is like had a really awesome community behind it and that was that was really obvious when I went to go meet them so um it was a really interesting journey of finding the agency but yeah again it came out of like really loving the space that they were in at that time and continue to be in cool so um so since you guys are, are, are experts at branding you guys are really good at that I know you specialize in in branding and marketing I wanted to I wanted to uh, get this get, get this out of the way right now for anybody watching who doesn't know the the difference between branding versus marketing. So would you guys like to explain that? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I know like Dan and I for sure have a ton of thoughts about it because um, <laughs> it's something we talk about every day. Like it's it's a part of our mm -hmm. process. It's something that we always make sure like we educate our team about and our clients about because. Um, like I always say this, but there's so many marketing agencies in Toronto alone, but we all specialize in really different things, right? So for me, it was really important a few years ago for us to decide, okay, like what are the things that we not just love doing, but what are the things that we're really great at doing, right? Um, and I think like through asking ourselves that question, we realized that we love building brands. We love telling stories. We love really positioning a brand um, in the best way possible and really helping their audiences and their consumers understand what the brand's mission and values are right through that positioning. So for us, it started off really simple. It's, it started off with finding out what we love. So 
we realized we love the world of branding so much because it's again, it's all about telling that story. It's really all about connecting to their audience. Um, and there, there is a difference between the two and they 100% go hand in hand, right? But for us, it's really important for part of a process and Daniel can go into this um, to differentiate the two because they offer really different types of value and they can be, they can work together really well. And sometimes they can work together not so well. So yeah, Daniel, if you want to like talk about maybe how, you know, we incorporate that kind of thinking into our process. Yeah, for sure. First, like, first of all, the the difference is is really important to note because a lot of people think that they have a brand um, or they want, they say they want a brand, but they don't really realize what a brand actually entails because a lot of people just think that it's your logo or your name, for example. But um, the brand is really your values, what you actually stand for, you know, why you do you do that all. That's all part of the brand. That goes for whether you're an individual, an artist, whether you're a company, whether you know you're a personal brand, whatever it is. So, um, branding comes first before you can get into marketing. I think that's really important to realize marketing are all those actions that you take all the steps that you take to reach customers so you know think of marketing as different campaigns that you can run marketing tactics like doing social media as a marketing tactic those things can also build your brand and they can also um, help to support your brand values and what you stand for but those are marketing tactics and your brand has to for sure come first yeah and i also want to add like your brand affects every part of your organization, even down to customer experience, right? Um, If you think about what kind of voice you're using when you're talking to your customers um, or what you prioritize and value the most when it comes to working with them or solving problems for them, that's a part of your brand, right? So um, I think like a really great way for people to think of what branding is to them, it's to think of how do you want people to perceive your brand? Like, what do you see that some of the world might not see, right? So, um, yeah, I think uh, branding has been like a really important part of like even our process, process as an agency. So, like, we love working on that for clients. Cool. Um, so, my next question is for you guys: How can somebody in the creative industries, whether it's a musician, a producer, a um, a videographer, anybody? In, in, in obviously in the creative industries, how can they establish, how can they find their brand, their brand image and what they want to be? Yeah, I think it's, uh, at first, for starters, I think it's definitely easier said than done. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> like, I do think it's important to try a lot of things. Like, don't pigeonhole yourself early on. Um, I think that, like, the biggest mistake you can do early on is saying that you'll never do certain things or, you know, there's certain things that you'll only do and et cetera, et cetera. I think the best thing you can do for yourself is really be as open-minded as possible and try as many different things as possible, especially if you're kind of going through that brand crisis where you can't narrow down like the things that are the most important to you. Right. And, um, sometimes like that's also the beauty of it, you know, that could be your brand being so, um, you know, your, your knowledge and your interests being so diverse. But um, I think the best way to get started is always just start putting stuff out there, right? See like what the people in your community and your audience are really connecting to. If they love it and you love it, then that's perfect. And you figured it out and you can really continue putting your resources and time there. But um, yeah, I think the biggest mistake that a lot of creatives make is not putting stuff out there soon enough. 
um, or not seeing the value in putting out things that are in progress, right? Um, I think it's it's great to give everyone a bit of a taste of what they can expect for, from you, right? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would agree with that. But one of the things I think that's that's difficult for new artists is like it, it's a challenge uh, between putting something out there that you're actually proud of versus 100%. you know crap, you know just getting content out there because if you disappear and don't post anything for a month um, or more, that's, you know, people are, are not going to have you top of mind. They're not going to be thinking mm-hmm. about you. Right. So it's, it's really important. Um, I think it's good to differentiate some behind the scenes content and some of your experimentation from your actual style, because every artist is successful because they identify a certain style or a certain type of content with their listeners, right? So if every time you post it's something totally new and totally random, um, unless you're known for that, it's it's gonna kind of be difficult for people to follow you, right? People need think about this way when it's a, whether it's a company or a brand or an individual, people have to be able to describe you with one or two sentences, right? This is the style that this person has, or this is why I like this individual artist. If your style is, is too diverse and you post random things every time um it's going to be difficult for people to define you so i think like have at least one differentiating factor right yeah mm-hmm. but I, th- I also think like what it comes down to the most is just being as authentic as you possibly can because at that point it doesn't really necessarily matter what you're putting out there because you're being authentic and then the right people are going to be really there for you and rooting for you and you know, if you just stay true to yourself, then you're going to get the right community around you, right? So um, I think that's also like extremely important is to be as authentic as possible. Um, Because I I see a lot, like even with the brands that we work with, like oftentimes they they say stuff like, oh, I want to be the next Apple or I want to be the next Nike. And well, that doesn't give me like a lot of direction to work with for starters. And also... (laughs) just think about the sheer amount of iterations and pivots those brands went through before they became what you now call Apple or Nike, right? So um, oftentimes, like we always like, whenever clients ask us that, we always turn it around to them and we ask them, well, what do you like about them? How do you connect to that brand? Stuff like that. So always start with what like feels the most authentic to you and then build off of that. Cool. And um, also you guys mentioned earlier about... being uh being proud of the actually being proud of the content you put out versus just putting content out there to put content out there so i want to ask you guys for for when you're working with other businesses and as well as operating for now social media how do you guys how do you guys find ways to continually generate content that 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 actually like like sticks to your brand image for sure and daniel and i constantly talk about that all the time um, that's that's huge for us, um, and our conversations are always evolving around it. Um, you know, Daniel was kind of talking about it earlier, like the quality versus quantity. And sometimes, Daniel, our conversations really just focus around that because you know, as creatives, like we definitely there are definitely aspects of us where we're extremely perfectionist types and hold ourselves back from a lot. And then there's also another part of us that really, really wants to communicate certain things to our audience and keep everyone updated. But just because of a, because of time and sometimes resources, um, it, it won't be showcased in the best way possible, right? So we kind of have to decide like what's better here to put it out there or take some time. Sometimes we don't even know how much time 
to get it where we want it to be before we share it. Right. So that's, those are kind of the conversations we're always having. And, um, like for us, we realized a really long time ago that a lot of our clients and a lot of the people that were noticing us, they noticed that we were putting ourselves out there a lot and that's what they appreciated about us. Right. So, um, I do think it's still like extremely important for agencies, especially to, you know, walk the talk, obviously, like don't just share these strategies, like show how you're also adopting them and integrating them into your marketing as an agency. Um, I think people are always generally visual learners. So I think if they see it in action, they'll be more, um, more interested or inclined to talk about it or, or learn more about it. Right. So, um, I think it's important to set that example 100%, but I think the best way to solve that issue early on of staying on brand and stuff like that is take some time to establish those guidelines, right? Like they can be extremely simple guidelines, um, that you just refer back to. Like every time you need to put a piece of content out there, refer to your guidelines make sure it checks all the box boxes. And if it doesn't, you just need to revisit it. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I think as a team, like, especially if you have a growing team where you necessarily don't have the time or resources to like have very clear brand guidelines, um, just take the time to share some guidelines with them. Very simple ones that help them understand what should be going out there and what, you know, might need some work before it goes out there. Yeah. For sure. And, and from, you know, as a, as a creator, there are some creators, depending what your craft is, where you can put stuff out all day, every day, and it's just quick things. Right. But for some, like if you're doing music and you're actually, you know, working on all the different stages of that process and there's different collaborators involved and there's, you know, you, let's say you're not the person that has the technical skills and you need a producer and you need a technical people, then you can't be doing that. Right. So it it really is going to be that like, quality over quantity. However, you still need to create a you post in the meantime. Can you do really uh, fun uh, things? Could you, sorry, could you, could you say that again? I think you kind of glitched out a little, out a little bit. bit. Yep. So basically yeah, I was saying that quality over product when it comes to actually producing music, but, and there's a lot of really producing music, right? But, the time you don't always have a you have all the equipment around you don't always need to go through or have the ability to go through that process so you need a creative outlet in the meantime and that is where different types of mediums can look uh, can come into the play so you can do stuff on your instagram stories you can do stuff on tiktok you can do funny content that's just totally different style but that's like you're in between because as an as a creative you need a creative outlet that's you know not just refined and structured um, the same thing goes for us. We run an agency. If the only projects we ever did were told to us by our clients, we probably wouldn't be super happy with the work that we're putting out because a lot of those projects, we don't have a, a great amount of uh, influence or say in those projects, right? There's ones where we get to have full say and we can make a, an awesome impact. And then there's our own community projects where we can do whatever we want with. And that's where you can really have fun and, and get creative. Yeah, that's cool. I think it is important to to be able to do that, you know, during your, like, throughout what, while you're doing content, like, especially, like, posting on Instagram and stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. Um, I also, hold on, sorry, I have a few questions for you guys that I just wrote down so I could find 
so I could uh, use our time properly. Um, yeah, so um, what do you what would you guys say are really good good tools to use when when creating and putting out content like uh, for businesses for individual creators uh, as a whole? Um, so I mean, there's obviously some tools that we use all the time to kind of help you know, make things a little bit efficient that we do at the agency, especially when it comes to managing content. So I'll let Daniel handle that question. Um, But I can kind of speak to like some of the internal processes that we have that kind of really help. Um, For us, like we have a pretty small and nimble team. So we find that, you know, giving people certain aspects of content to work on has been really great. I think that people often don't break down the work that goes into a piece of content. It's not just the written body content. It's also the header. It's, you know, it's the type of research that's in there. It's the way it's visually presented. There's so much that goes into a piece of content, right? Um, Not to mention like the various types of content too. So, I mean, even for like a video, right? You need to look into a script, a storyboard, depending on the complexity of it. But I think it's really important to define what those really critical aspects are of the piece of content you're trying to put out and let someone really spearhead that part on its own, or at least make sure that it's clearly defined um, what that aspect of the content is. Right. Um, I think that often if you give very ambiguous guidelines, like, Hey, like, let's go do this blog. Well, you know, you need a little bit more to work with there than just go to a blog or even for like video content too. Right. It's more than just putting together a demo, it's what's the purpose of this demo? What should the look and feel be? How should people feel when they see it? There's so much to consider. So I think it'd be figure out what that process is for putting out content because the earlier you establish it, the better you get at doing it and it makes it way easier to put content out, right? Um, because you just become really great at you know going through with that process. Exactly. And there's there's basically two kinds of content that you're going to look into, right? There's the curated content, and then there's the content that you're putting out that's original content, right? And for both of those things, especially with your original content, um, one thing that we always recommend and that people need to remind themselves is that you can repurpose content. If you spent, you know, two weeks filming a music video and you released and then you spent, you know, however long editing it and you release it, in the full version and that's it that is like a huge waste of all that time right and effort you can take various clips of that music video you could also use the footage from that music video as b-roll for other videos you can continue to find different ways to do different edits different exports for your instagram stories so there's all kinds of ways you can make one piece of content really work And while you're at it, film things like behind the scenes, right? Like people love hearing the process, the behind the scenes, the vlog style content as well. So obviously it's going to depend what your audience wants, but the, the, basically the main tip there is that you need to repurpose your content and find better ways to do it. The first thing I mentioned is about curating content. So if you're running a business um, or if you're an artist and you want to talk about the industry, you have to look at ways you can actually share current relevant info to your audience, right? You have to provide value to your audience in, in a couple different ways. If they're following you for just for entertainment purposes, great. Then that's your job is to keep them entertained. If they're following you because they want to know about the industry and the latest of what other artists are up to, then you need to be able to do your research. So 
Um, if you're looking to curate content, there's a website that I recommend called Buzz Sumo. Uh, and all you do on there is you put in a word, let's say, you know, music industry or um, whatever relevant keyword you want. And it will give you all the latest content from the internet that's performing well. They'll tell you how many shares it has, how many comments it has on other places. And you can take those articles or clips or videos and then share that to your followers as well. So that's a tool for curated content. And then I think you mentioned there is another tool. Well, yeah, th th those were the two. One is again, like curating content and then one is creating oh. your own content. Yeah. Um, there oh, are okay. obviously there's a bunch of apps for being able to like, you know, slice up your, your content or turning your uh, podcast into digestible content or taking audio, putting it up there. Um, so, Audiogram is a great one um, that we've used. Mm -hmm. um, you can also do it yourself and design your own templates and, and create it. But there's a couple of software to yeah turn audio content into visual content because visual <laughs> content is what uh, performs best on social. Yeah, yeah, I've I, I've personally used a headliner for the for this podcast. Here Perfect. There. Yeah, um, exactly. That does exactly that. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, I was also gonna ask you, um, Daniel. I know when you started when you first started this agency. You, you started off with having a team and I know when you first start off and you try to build a team, it's, you may not always have the resources you need, like for example, to pay them and, you know, and, and the people you need to get the things that you need done. So for some, for somebody who is aspiring to like create a team to create their content with them and create, or like create the uh, effectively, basically effectively create their music and, and market it, market themselves effectively. How would somebody go about finding, finding and and uh, and managing a team for that? Yeah, the best way to go about that is to be very clear about what skills you actually need, right? So, what skills do you have, and then what skills are you missing that you can find someone who's an expert in that thing, right? Then the second part that's super important is to realize that your goals are aligned, right? Are they actually trying to compete with you, or are they actually trying to use? Um, just use you, your, you to get a piece of a portfolio that they can then leave right away and do something else with, or are they looking to actually join, uh, join a team, join a community and, and build something with you. Right. So you got to kind of figure out what their objectives are, because obviously you can find people everywhere, but you know, what kind of people do you want to actually build and, and keep around you? Um, Another thing you can ask your, your team members is like, what are you looking to grow? How are you looking to grow and how can we help you to actually get there? Right. So because everyone that, you know, if you're starting out, a lot of people are in the same boat, you can help each other by being part of a collaborative group that's promoting each other, hyping each other up, sharing each other's content. Um, that's a really great thing you can offer when you can't offer money at that point. Right. Um, and then, of course, you can work out some kind of arrangement where, yes, when there is a paid opportunity, you can be upfront about how you're, you know, supposed to be dividing up those uh, those funds, right? So that it, people can feel comfortable that, yes, if we are going to make money, we're all going to get paid, and not just the one person who, who pulled us together, right? So there's a few things you gotta you gotta set straight, but um, ultimately, you can find some really great people when you build a team. Um, but I will say that you have to um, also look at the fact that everyone's in it for their own reason and not everyone will, or don't expect everyone to actually stay there the whole time because it's your, it's your thing, right? It's your company, your venture, your whatever. And so you can't expect everyone to kind of be at the same level of commitment um, 
for as long as you are, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just just by default, right? So um, you have to really be careful about that. Otherwise, your expectations could, you know, totally crush you, and and you could be really upset with people for no reason just because you thought that you know they were gonna come in and be your team forever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are just a few things to take into consideration. Working, especially working with creatives, right? Because creatives yeah. and entrepreneurs, if you're working with them, um, they always have their own ideas, right? And that's that's why they're creative. So um, you got to set that straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, April, you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely really tough to grow an agency when it's, you know, when it's just you basically, which was Daniel's case for a bit. Um, but I think that also, like, just currently, like, with what the circumstances are like, I think that a lot of people are more open to looking at different models and structures for how they build their organizations and their companies. Um, but I think it's really important to just recognize that um, just because, you know, a certain model works for someone else, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So definitely look at like what you have available and also consider various options. Um, our structure and model has changed so much over the last few years and several times too, right? So it's co- we're constantly changing. <clears throat> we're constantly iterating certain processes and systems so I think when it comes to initially building your team and your agency, like like Daniel said, be really focused about what your needs are and what your wants are. And that's always a great place to start. Um, however, also don't be afraid to try new things, right? Um, we've had to make some pretty hard decisions in the past that, you know, we were reluctant about, you know, scared about, whatever. And sometimes it's paid off and sometimes it hasn't, but that's all a part of it. And I think it's uh, having that willingness to take risks is huge. Uh, when it comes to growth. So yeah, just don't be afraid to try different things. Cool. Um, so as for as for now creative uh, creative group, with you guys managing your 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 own team right now, I know like during the quarantine it's a lot harder to well I mean I I, I know before you guys were doing a lot of things online anyways. But how how have you found like um how you've changed your way of managing your team with this whole quarantine going on? Yeah. So I mean, you know, I will say that I like you mentioned, we were already doing a lot remotely, which is very true. Like we we're kind of transitioning towards a more remote structure anyways. So it was pretty seamless and great timing and whatever. So that worked out great. Our team is awesome. And a lot of our team, you know, they are used to working pretty independently or they're used to kind of having a lot going on. So the transition was pretty interesting for them. For us, a priority right off the bat with our team was to just make sure, check in with every everyone just make sure that everything's okay with you know their circumstances and just to make sure that they're overall in a good place because for us you know the first thing we wanted to recognize is that it is a pretty emotional time for a lot of people so for us it was just important to not disregard that right or pretend like there isn't an emotional aspect to it because there is so that was a priority for us um and then moving on from that the only thing um that you know what's going to be a little bit new for us or extremely new for us and this is the same for a lot of other organizations is we had a team of interns and co-ops coming in i think about three to four weeks after lockdown and we knew immediately that we everything wasn't just going to be the same like we weren't going to do all the same things that we had planned for them things are going to be really different um and for them too it's completely different i'm sure they never thought that they're you know, university co-op or internship was going to be in the middle of a pandemic and 
that they wouldn't even get to be, you know, there physically, right? Um, so we made sure that we kind of revisited like the expectations, the rules, what they would be working on, because we really wanted them to still get the experience or as much of it that we can offer remotely. Um, and what was really cool is that our entire team of interns and co-ops were still like extremely eager to uh, be working with us this summer, which we're really excited about. And we got to put out a really cool project with them, which um, Daniel can also talk about later. Um, but yeah, I think like the most important things for us was to really figure out what our priorities are and like what our, how we felt about the pandemic. Like, I think that was really important is for us to discuss like how we felt about it um, and, and talk about like, you know, how other people might be feeling about it and also like opening up those discussions. Right. Um, so yeah, I think the biggest mistake you can probably make is pretending like nothing's happening. So just be transparent, um, be human about it, be open about it and like just talk to your team about it. Right. Um, I think that's, that's probably the most important part. Yeah. And also for, for us, it's different. It's different because we had, as April mentioned, we had literally just been onboarding these people. So there's things that were not in place. It wasn't just a change for them. It was like the first time they're experiencing now, right? So we made sure that we did like a pretty good orientation where everyone was there on video and we're able to connect a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, we're in touch using tools like Slack all the time. Um, where everyone can kind of be in a group and see what's going on and then be added to different projects that they're a part of. Um, but yeah, working with a remote team, as April said, it, it's something that, you know, we're very used to. And, and a lot of the people we work with as freelancers or collaborators, um, they work remotely anyway. So we're, we're definitely, you know, working on improving the processes that we have. Um, there's different ways people can kind of submit feedback and answer questions um, through a system we use called 15.5. Um, and then again, like just being able to constantly schedule daily check-ins with some of our team members, um, is yeah, that's pretty much what we're doing to, to cope. I definitely do obviously want to have, um, the ability to work, you know, together in person and, uh, collaborate, especially from the brainstorming, brainstorming process and starting a new project. I always want to have those in-person kickoffs, but it's, it's, it's obviously not on the table right now. So we'll see how things go in the next few months. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for giving that advice out. You know, I'm sure a lot of people will really benefit if they have a team um, and managing them during this time. Um, also, I wanted to hold on, I wanted to ask you guys another question. How how as a as a creative individual? So again, going back to artists, going back to uh, freelancers, all those types of people. How how what is a good way to set realistic goals for yourself? That will obviously like further your, your career and yourself. Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> like I think in general when it comes to being creative, focus is always important. Like it's it's always important to have a lot of focus and be able to focus on things. But I think especially as a creative, when you're often in spaces where there's a lot of noise, um, I think focus is something where if you can master it, then you'll kill it, right? Um, I think sometimes it's really important to know how to, you know, flick that switch and just get heads down and focus on, a, on an idea or commit to an idea. I think that might be one of the hardest parts be, about being creative is committing to ideas, right? And seeing it through. Um, I know, like, for me, but at the same time, like, also, 
sorry, I think it's really important to mention that I also think it's really important to embrace the changes and the inevitable stuff that come during the process, right? Um, I think that like one thing that we've acknowledged is that no project is ever perfect, right? It doesn't matter. There's a lot of things you can do to set it up for success. There's a lot of things you can do to prevent certain fires. But at the same time, like I always remind my team that no project is ever perfect. And sometimes it's through the problems that we come up with some of our best ideas, right? Um, there's so much that happens that's out of your control, such as this pandemic. None of us could have done anything about it. Um, I know when it first hit, like we were losing our minds in some ways only because we were so busy making sure that we're working as closely with a lot of our clients as possible, right? Which is, a, which is great. It meant that our clients are moving, they're changing, they're pivoting to the circumstances. So, um, and they're embracing it too, right? And they're wanting to do it right. They want to put a lot of thought and time into it. So I think as a creative, like the best thing you can do for yourself is obviously have, have as much focus as, as possible, um, but also like embrace a lot of the issues that come up during the process um, and not necessarily like don't look at them as an opportunity to give up on the idea. Like if, you know, your heart really tells you to give up on the idea, then do. But um, I think that it's always worthwhile to kind of see it through, right? And so like for us, like as an agency, we usually don't have a choice, <laughs> but that's where it's even more important for us to like make the most of it and make sure we're as positive. It's never fun working on something you don't want to work on. So, um, and we always like, for us, like we we always like go for projects where we're personally like super excited about it, right? So make sure the passion is there, but also like don't be discouraged by wrenches that are thrown into the process. Yeah, I, April kind of covered everything there, but um, that's really staying motivated by um, yeah. thinking about projects that choose that you care about, content that you're passionate about. Um, that's super important, especially right now, because everything out there in the media and even full on social is all about the pandemic. So it's it's really really important to kind of maintain your own stay in your own lane, focus on what you, you know, are best at and what you, what keeps you going, what drives you, because this right now, people are talking about how it's the new normal, right? We don't know how long this is going to go on for. So for us, yeah, there was some changes in the way we operate, but we're ultimately still able to make the impact we want to make. Um, one of those things is a project that we got to get involved in, which is called Maskwell. Um, it's actually, um, really relevant to what's needed right now. Um, and, and post, um, pandemic, we're going to need masks. People are going to start to wear masks a lot more to prevent future issues. Right. Mm -hmm. So we got, we got to partner with one of our clients who we actually met by being at the coworking space. Um, and so they run a filter company air filter company and they're experts in that they wanted to launch a mask company. They needed some help on how to brand that. Uh, put it into, you know, make it into a reality when it comes to the visuals, the marketing, the social, the strategy. So we got to partner with them on that. Um, April kind of helped to, you know, facilitate this where they obviously saw the value and the need kind of being around. And, and what was really exciting is that our, you know, we're part of the same community, but we have very different industries, extremely different ex areas of expertise. 
and we're able to collaborate on this new project and we're able to not only sell masks to people who need them but also we're giving a percentage of those sales directly to the frontline workers that are that need personal protective equipment right now too so that's a new project that kind of came out of this situation that we're in and and i hope that uh, april and i and our team and, and our partners can come up with you know, even more projects where, um, you know, we're able to think innovatively and just address the current situation as things evolve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so. for, I was going to add really quickly, like for us, when it comes to taking on like additional projects, if it, if it's goes back to something that we really care about, it's an easy decision to go forward with it. So I think like as a creative, like if you're able to like really hone in on what you care about, it makes it so easy to embrace a project or go through with it. So yeah, just figure out what you care about and it'll help you a ton. Yeah. Well, anyways, I know you guys have to leave right now because uh, I know you have other things to do during that today, but um, I just want to thank you so much for your time and, and being a part of this show. It was amazing having you guys on. Like you guys dropped some very valuable knowledge that I'm sure everybody watching is going to take a lot from. So thank you. Um, before, before we get off, I just want you guys to, um, would you be able to list down your, your, your social medias for now, for your now creative group and your personals as well, if you, if you wish. Yeah, for sure. One thing I was going to add, uh, very random, but if you're looking to explore right now, as we mentioned, now is a good time to actually like experiment and try things. Um, if you're not already on TikTok or posting actively on TikTok, definitely check it out because it's a huge way to get exposure to test stuff out and see what gets crazy views. Um, it's it's the quickest platform to, to get. That's the only platform right now where you can get those crazy amounts of viral views, even though you have zero followers, right? No other platform can that really happen. Um, and I would recommend from, if you're looking, if you're from the music industry, for sure, putting your songs into TikTok so that people can use them, uh, make videos with them so that people can then make uh, song, or make their own videos using your music. Um, that's a it's a really cool way to, to get out there and try stuff right now too um, you can follow our agency now creates is our username on pretty much every platform we are also on tiktok um but yeah our main platform no that we keep yeah our main platform that we keep I don't up know about is, it. yeah we don't we don't dance on tiktok though <laughs> um uh yeah our main platform is instagram and twitter but we're on every platform with now creates and then you can find me on Instagram. It's just my full name, Daniel Francovilla. And April, I don't know if you want to give out your social. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at April Hussein, H-O-S-S-A-I-N. And um, yeah, you can also find me sometimes on the company Instagram. But I'm yeah, just now yeah. creating like Daniel <laughs> mentioned. So yeah, um, thanks so much for having us on show. And uh, we're excited for everyone to listen. No problem. All right. For, for all of you guys watching, thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed. Again, this is Daniel J and we're signing off. All right. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of Music Without the Label. Again, I'm your host, Daniel J. If you want to find us on social media, you can catch us at Music Without the Label and you can get me at Daniel J-A-Y Shepard. That's S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. If you are in need of music mixing and mastering or just any tips about marketing and branding in general, feel free to hit us up. I'm always down to help other people out and learn from each other. Now that's all I got for today. I hope you enjoyed episode three of Music Without the Label. I will see you next time.